Welcome to the Nobody Told Me That podcast. My name is Teresa Duncan, and my goal is to share information that you probably weren't thinking about. I love preparing my friends for situations that may come completely out of the blue. I also want to share with you many of the tidbits I picked up over the years. If you absolutely have to tune out before the end of the show, make sure you check out the show notes for more details and information on today's topic. And thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Hi, everyone. It's Teresa Duncan coming to you from the show floor here at the Hinman Dental Meeting. And we have a podcast lounge that they've set up for us, and so we're taking advantage of it. I want to introduce you to somebody who I've known for a while, and I've worked with their company for a while, and I wanted to give you some insight on what's going on in the industry, especially as it pertains to insurance, because you all know I love that so much. So Brian Phillips is here. He's the Director of Sales and Marketing with Five Lakes Dental, and he's going to give us all sorts of information about negotiations, credentialing, and all that kind of stuff. But first things first, is this your first time at the Hinman? It is my first time at the Hinman. Mine yes. too. We are all <laughs> new to this. So I'm excited to be here. They treat you really well, apparently. So, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, I go to events all across the country and this, this is my first time here and, you know, so far so good. Right. They haven't kicked <laughs> us out. So that's good. Exactly. So let's chat insurance because uh, that's what brings, you know, that's the milkshake that brings them all to the yard, Brian. Here's the issue that I'm seeing now. We have a lot of new people, right, that don't necessarily know insurance, um, and they're trying to make it work in their office, and the one thing they keep getting hammered with on the forums is, oh, you should negotiate. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. But it really isn't that simple all of the time. So how much of the, how many conversations do you have with offices that just think, can't we just call them and <laughs> ask for an increase? I mean, what do you do with that? Sure. You know, we, we get it all the time. You know, I mean, there's, there's, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of practices across the country. And, you know, there, I think there was a time years ago where it was a little bit easier mm-hmm. to, to negotiate. You could call up, you know, and, and basically, you know, for lack of better words, just ask for more money. And, you know, if, if the cards aligned, you, you got a, a you know, pretty good increase. Mm-hmm. The times have definitely changed and the rules are different. It's complex. And quite frankly, it's very hard to keep up with what moves a payer in order to even negotiate in the first place. But some people do try, mm-hmm. and I mean, you can imagine what that looks like. Well, and I used to do this. I mean, I used to do this for my office, and back then it was. I mean, this is ancient times when we would send up smoke signals to the insurance carrier. But back then, we really asked, we were able to talk to somebody and provide a relations pretty easily, and we could track it. We usually knew the person, but now you have to have a spreadsheet. You have to have sticky notes up, mm-hmm. you know, all over your computer. You have to follow up with the carriers. They're not going to follow up with you. And it's getting harder and harder to get to talk to somebody. And I say to people all the time in my classes, it's such a gigantic waste of your talent, Mm -hmm. honestly. Let somebody who knows what they're doing do it for you. And also the people that have the connections already. You're going to waste a week of your time trying to get to the right person. Meanwhile, you guys have them on speed dial. That's (laughs) what you need. You need somebody who can take you directly there. Sure. What's going on with these umbrella networks? What do we? Why? Why are we? Why are we having to deal with these umbrella <laughs> networks? What's going on? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. The you know insurance is big business, right? And you know you did you hit it on the head with when you're talking about when you 
you know, would, would do the negotiation, you'd have to have that spreadsheet. You have to have so much more now. You have to have the, the analytics and all the, all the factors that actually influence fee schedules in the first place. So in essence, you need to build a case for yourself. And, you know, my company, you know, Five Lakes, we've, we've built a company. And, and today is actually our 12th anniversary. Oh Remember? It's, uh, it's uh, St. Patty's Day. So 12 years ago, we got, we got wow. this going. But That's amazing. You know, if you look back over the history, about six, seven years ago, you know, the umbrella plans were, uh, you know, it, they just weren't as you know, prolific as they are today. And, you know, over those past couple of years, and especially over the past three or four, mm. the, the, they just proliferate. The partnerships, the opportunities that multiple plans under one umbrella can look very attractive in one sense. But, you know, we were talking earlier and I kept throwing out the phrase, the unintended consequences. <laughs> it, it, it's so true. But what we're seeing is it's constantly evolving. And now there's you know, obviously there's multiple uh, umbrella plans. The rules, the the regulations are different based on you know your your specialty, your state. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the, the there's so many arguments in how do you best work with them. And and you know the, really the answer is first you have to decide through due diligence if it makes sense. You know right. you know at, at my company we, we we strive to answer an initial question, and it's should you be in network as a provider should you be in network mm-hmm. okay if the answer to that is yes and for the bulk of providers the answer is yes the so the second question then is how best you know and there isn't just a fast rule of how best to to you know be in network right. so you know that goes into that due diligence that that we look for but mm-hmm. i'll tell you the umbrella plans have definitely made it um a unique conversation hmm. and you, know, you need to be prepared. Well, that's the problem, though, is that you're hiring people who have no dental experience, much less insurance experience. Mm-hmm. And even veterans like myself, we, we bang our head against the wall when a patient is telling me that they're in, that we're in network and I'm going, no, we're not. But, hey, we are because we signed up with this umbrella plan and our contract was sold. And, and that's something that's just it's hard. And then you've mm-hmm. got fee schedules like what happens if your wrong fee schedule gets applied. So I really feel for the insurance coordinators today. They have to keep track of so much. And and one issue that I've seen a lot is when a doctor steps away from, say, the DSO model or they're opening up a de novo, right? So what happens is, is they were already in network in all these other places, and that affects them getting credentialed and getting mm-hmm. new contracts, right? And it's because our directories are not clean. They're not kept up to date. Mm-hmm. Do you? How many times do you have to explain to a poor doctor <laughs> that, hey, we got to wait a little bit? Uh, I, I, well, all the time. And you know, what also happens, though, is, you know, we could be talking to an office manager or practice manager or insurance coordinator who is then going to relay that information to the doctor. And, you know, there could be lost in translation mm. situations there. But, you know, you, you see things like the, you know, payers stacking the online directories. You know, someone leaves a plan, but they're still listed. Mm. And it, 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 it just kind of ebbs and flows with the way they, they care for that, uh, that directory. But, um, you know, we, we have found that most people are searching out their doctors based on finding them into the directory. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but what happens next, though, is the, the, the online look to see, well, are they, do they got good reviews? Right. Are they, do we have a recommendation? Do I, how close are they to my house? Right. You know, it is funny because some of those things I just mentioned, like, how close are they to my house? You know, and are they in my network or yeah, situations like that? 
all impact the way you build your case mm -hmm. to work with insurance. You know, and you know, insurance is big business. And you know, over the past two years, especially since since quarantine, mm -hmm. the the rules have changed. They're they are in business to make money, and 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 they have. And mm -hmm. now it's really time to buckle down. And you know, like I always say, just don't, just don't go it alone. Well, and you can't go in it with all your emotions on display. So, it, I mean, the insurance companies don't take that into account when they make their decisions. And that's that's understandable. It's a business. But we tend to make a lot of participation decisions mm -hmm. based on emotion. And I've always advocated, look, sometimes you do need to be in network depending on where you are and sometimes your style. Mm -hmm. If you don't have anybody that can talk about treatment plans and financial presentations, you're probably going to want to be in network because you don't have somebody to have those out-of-network conversations. But going back to what you and I were talking about before, with the groups online and you hear a lot of stuff about everybody's jumping ship, everybody's <laughs> getting off of networks. And I, I love to see the success stories, but the reality is not there. Mm -hmm. um, from conversations I've had, they're booming with new provider <laughs> signups and yes. your company is dependent on that, right? Mm -hmm. So like that's what you guys do. I, I, I see there's not a net loss mm -hmm. of participation. I think there's a net gain going on. Yeah, uh, I would side with that. There's a net gain. You know, you, you, you said the word emotional when making decisions. And, you know, there are, there are a lot of you know, social media programs. There's a lot of chatter out there uh, about, you know, we're dropping plans. We're getting rid of plans. Everything's, everything's bad. And, uh, you know, you, you understand that people get a little emotional. They get excited about things. Mm -hmm. You know, what we recommend is... you. You make a good, solid decision for yourself. You don't just yank the carpet out from underneath it, you know. It, but you have to look at your market. You know, is there some large university that makes up seventy percent of my, you know, my patient base, and and, the, and I have to be in their plan? I mean, you got to be you got to be very careful. And you know, what were we talking? What was the number we were we were talking about? It's about eighty percent. Eighty percent of coverage. You know, eighty percent of the population has access to a dental benefit. Mm -hmm. You know, of some sort, and you know, they're going to use it. Yeah. And, and that's tried and true. But, you know, when it, when it comes to like that, that leaving plan, you, you can. I mean, it's, it's available for you. You just have to really make a good decision. So what we always counsel on, and we're agnostic to insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we will help you navigate that, that landscape, get you better reimbursements. But we're, what we're not going to do is decide for you. We're going to lay out the case. It, it, we can negotiate. We can recontract for you. But we also recommend leaving plans quite often because the insurance companies, market by market, are all different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes maybe less is more on certain plans. But you got to be, you know, you're as a business owner, you know, a, you know, a dental entrepreneur, you you do have to make a large and very important decision on how you participate with insurance. But one thing is key to that is you cannot take your eye off the ball. Right. You know, that's that's huge. Organizations and practices, groups of all sizes, you know. We'll go years without thinking about it. I don't know how many times, uh, Teresa, every day I have a conversation with someone and I'll ask them about their experience negotiating or, or working their contracts. And, you know, periodically you'll get, you know, we've tried, maybe we were a little successful in the past. Mm. It's a lot harder now. Mm -hmm. But also, just as often I get, we've never even tried. And like, okay, well, yeah. guess what? There's a lot of opportunity out there for you. Right, right. And 
my mom always said to me, you don't get anything if you don't ask for it, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> that's that's one of the rules of negotiations. And what is the one, because I know you, you track a lot of different metrics. You do a complete analysis before you hand over. And that's what people, if you're looking to hire a negotiation company, you should be, they should be giving you lots of metrics that they pulled from you so that they can evaluate it because how else are they going to make some strategic mm-hmm. you know, decisions for you? So what is the one metric or report that you run that always surprises people? They're like, why do you need to know that? What is that? Oh, wow. Well, production, actually, mm-hmm. ironically. Okay. You, you know, there, there's, I think, a, you know, in the past, you know, you would talk about UCR. And, you know, there's a lot of terms that are, like, used interchangeably. Office fees, professional fees, the UCR. Mm-hmm. You know, it, when you look at, like, a cash fee, you know, plan for an office, and when we look at production, a lot of times the the office fees are set based on the UCR of a market where there's a standard, just put it at the 70th percentile, mm-hmm. something like that, which doesn't put a lot of strategy into it. And when we start talking about that at, at a different angle, the, the light bulb starts going on that, you know, you can't necessarily get a negotiation or, or you shouldn't just be happy with a negotiation that's 2% across the board. One, it's rare. But, you know, because quite frankly, you're not using those all those codes. Right. And, you know, that's where the large percent increases could come from. So you got to you got to be a little bit careful on that. But, you know, we, we ask for a lot of data. And one of the things I think that wrinkles the eye a little bit is when we tell them that we're going to do a contracting check and we're going to actually from the horse's mouth, find out from the payer how each provider at each location is actually contracted. Mm-hmm. And the the belief that, well, they're all the same. They're all on the same fee schedule. They're all contracted the same way. And then we show them, here's why your EOBs don't match. Here's why you're, you're, you're confused about your fee schedules because this doctor's direct, mm-hmm. this doctor's indirect. This one doesn't even participate in that plan that everyone else does. You know, so you got to really show them the, the, the full scope. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's many factors that influence insurance in a practice. Sure. And you know, unless you know all that, it's, it's really hard to, I mean, you know, if you're going to court, <laughs> you know, and the, uh, you know, your attorney, you know, showed up and just said, you know what, we're just going to wing it. <laughs> you know, Ooh. you might be a little bit disappointed. So that would make me so nervous. <laughs> court, are you kidding me? Like the judge that's going to decide my life? No yes. way. I, I want to know my options. I yeah. want to know the angles. Absolutely. I want to know the good, the bad and the ugly of well, in this case, participating in insurance. Well, so. I'm just not a fan of surprises, really. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to hear all that, right? <laughs> uh, one thing that I, I hear a lot is I don't want to raise my fees because, and there's so many reasons, but because I don't want to be too expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't want to upset my fee-for-service patients. I just don't even know how much to raise them. But not raising your fees predictably, like mm-hmm. you were just saying, that hurts your chances of getting a good negotiation. Sure. Mm-hmm. And is it as simple as that you can't negotiate from a low position? Is that really as simple as so, it is? Or? So there's a couple of things. If you don't adjust your fees, you are, in essence, training the insurance companies what you're willing to accept. Got it. And if your peers in, a, in your market are also not addressing, you know, up, you know, raising their fees or, you know, keeping up with the inflation and things like that, you are training insurance what you'll accept. So there, there's not a real motivation for you know, it, it to go up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always recommend you address it every year. You know, you, got, you do have to keep it up and maybe that is one, 2%. But the thing is, you got to make sure that you're practicing dentistry the way you want to. Right. Are you the boutique 
company or you, you know, the, the high volume you know, type organization, you can take Medicaid, you know, it's yeah. all those things really come into play. Absolutely. All are fine. It's just a matter of as a dental entrepreneur, are you in, are you practicing dentistry the way you want to? And then you align the way you participate, the way you price your services, right. you, know, you know, to that fact. But you definitely want to make sure that you are addressing that mm -hmm. on, on a regular basis. Well, I know many people don't raise their office fees regularly. They'll do it maybe when they hear mm -hmm. a course or hear a podcast where they talk about it. I typically will say keep up with the cost of living, you know, mm -hmm. 3 to 5% every year. And this year, um, for all the strategy calls that I had, I was saying 8 to 10%. Only because... Mm -hmm. Look at what's going on in our economy. We have inflation going sure. crazy. So everything else is going up. There's no way your supplies aren't going mm -hmm. up. First of all, our PPE is never going away. My goodness. Mm -hmm. So that's a cost now we just have to yeah, bear. Yeah, that's, that's new permanent cost. It is. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. It wasn't temporary at all. That's what we all knew when it no. happened. So so when you, when you have... When you don't raise your fees, you're already operating in the mm -hmm. red. And I know from talking to clients and all that, when they, you do an analysis, mm -hmm. it amazes them how much they're leaving on the table. And I know one person in particular, she, did all, she looked at all of her numbers and she realized she was paying $90 per crown. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure you see that all the time where you're all like, you're not even breaking even with this. And the, is the doctor stunned? There. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to be quick about it, but absolutely. You know, speaking of like, you know, the office fees, there are, you know, we'll, we'll review the office fee and then we look at it for more than just what the cost is. Mm -hmm. You know, what? let's look at the codes and what the price is. You know, we look at it from what, what, what's the demographic of your community look like and how is that going to be changing? Like, what's right. the trend? Right. You know, are you, are you staying with the trend in your market? There's, you know, plus, what does your com competition look like? You can be very strategic if, if you do it the right way, but mm -hmm. but I'll tell you, we see a lot of, um, you know, I guess, money left on the table, and so much so that oftentimes, and when we when we recommend the the adjustments, it's code by code. So, um, the, you know, sometimes you you have a an office where their fee is lower than what the insurance is actually willing to provide oh gosh so that it, hurts it's, me to hear it's like I at the very least <laughs> you know i i hate that phrase like the what, it, what the low-hanging fruit yeah but it is it's just i mean that, like that stuff that's like mid-air falling right <laughs> and in the insurance company's fees are typically like you said 70th 75th percentile so what's going on in other offices around you is higher yeah. and so it just it kills me to hear those stories it, but it, i hear it all the time someone who's paying their high their hygienist more than they're making on the, you know, on the procedures, right. and the, you know, the care. So, we, you know, we, we see that a lot and we do get a lot of people concerned, you know, ab about pricing, especially mm -hmm. in this market. Sure. But when you hear someone hasn't adjusted it in three, four years, mm -hmm. you know, okay, mm, we, we got to really start thinking about this because if three or four years is how long it's been, the whole world changed in the past two years, you know, and obviously, you know, we, well, the Fed just raised the interest you know, rates a little bit just to help oh. combat it. And they're talking about doing that six more I'm times. I'm still frowning so, about that. <laughs> you, know, oh, you, do, you, you know, you have to keep up with it. Yeah. And oftentimes the, our results, you know, when we provide an analysis, I mean, there's oftentimes the, the actual UCR portion is substantial. And just to put them in the competitive nature of where they want to be looked at in their market, mm -hmm. not just, you know, raising all the fees, you know, 25%. But quite often, we see certain codes where you need to take 
some you know big chunks over the next couple of years because you are so below well, the market. Well, I mean, things like radiographs, things like profies. I mean, if you're down below on that, you're, you're getting killed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you a question about uh, doctors who are getting ready to sell. Uh, I hear often... I need to, I'm, I'm at the end, I want to get rid of my office, but I need to make it more attractive. And so they think if they're going to participate with a bunch of plans at the end, that that's going to help. And first of all, do you see that often? And second of all, does it work for them? <laughs> I mean, what do you see? So again, it, you know, it's all across the board. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we'll have a provider who, you know, maybe they're, they're in, at the end of their career, they've been fee for service their whole life. Mm. And, and somewhere along the lines, they thought like, Maybe I should get insurance to be more attracted to a DSO or whomever. Uh, you, you, you do got to be careful. I mean, you don't necessarily want to cannibalize you know, a successful business. Sure. But, but I think that question really goes towards the buyer. Like, do you know, are you buying the loyalty that that provider you know, established over mm -hmm. his career? Mm -hmm. Now, if, if, if insurance is of the question because you want to prep for sale, you, you definitely want to start early. Because depending on where you are in your career, you know, you, you may want to have negotiated better rates you know because when when that due diligence is done on you know the the purchase yeah you know one of the things that that the buyers are looking for are the opportunities mm -hmm. you know are you underpriced in your market are you not getting the reimbursements that you expect but um you know it's buyer by buyer how they interpret that um i you know i, I would caution it but I, but I caution everybody with insurance. <laughs> it's like, like you know, they're, they're friend and foe. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they're, they impact your practice regardless of you're in network. Absolutely. Right? You know, we, talk, we were talking a little bit about just understanding out-of-network benefits. Mm -hmm. But the, I think the more you understand about your relationship and the impact insurance has on it, then you can make better decisions on do you add plans over the time or over time or do you leave plans over time? Right. You know, one of the big things we see is startups. Okay. You know, even like group practices that are starting a new location, okay. so to speak, this desire to join everything. Yes. Because they want the patients to come They in. need the cash flow, yep. You know, or even a um, like an owner who's bringing on an associate. Maybe mm -hmm. it's their first associate and they don't know if their production is is there for them. So they want to join more plans. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the emotion comes in again where they want to join as fast as possible to get the patients in as fast as possible. And what they leave off is the ability to decide strategically how to participate right. and then to negotiate. It's, it's like a race <laughs> to the bottom, honestly. Yeah. So, so as far as you said speed, you were talking about speed. All I hear now is it takes forever to get credentialed. <laughs> what are you seeing as far as lengths of time? Oh, it, it does seem to be getting longer, but to, but to be fair, the insurance company also had staffing issues. Insurance sure. carri the mm -hmm. carriers were not full staffed, just like mm -hmm. we're not fully staffed. So what are you seeing? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the Great Recession and quarantine, that, that affects a lot mm -hmm. of things. But insurance has always been a, a slower game, mm -hmm. right? It, you know, it's slower to negotiate, slower to contract. And it, right now, it's a little better than it was, mm -hmm. you know, a few months ago. You know, you're looking at, on average, maybe 90 days to get into network after you submit everything completely well, and accurate. Well, that's the key. That, that <laughs> complete and accurate. Completely and accurate, because that, that was always the holdup yep. when I was working with offices is, you know, hey, it keeps getting returned. Why does it keep getting returned? Well. Oh, you forgot to dot the I. Needs a back signature. Back bottom right. of the pile. And that's if they let you know. Oh, that's true. Because sometimes they don't let you know, and then, you know, you're 
maybe following up and you know finding out that you know there's no movement on your application. Well, unless your sticky note fell behind the computer <laughs> monitor, then you forget to follow exactly. up. Exactly. So you know, or something expired yeah. in the meantime. And we, we see that a lot. Now You mean you like know, licenses or DEA stuff? Yeah, okay. exactly. So, you know, you, you mentioned like the, the payers having to you know, staffing issues. You know, absolutely. Mm. Not to mention when, when they're validating those documents, your diploma, you know, they also are contacting other sources <laughs> that are either working remote or having staffing issues. Right. So there's just that natural delay. But, uh, you know, you, you definitely need to prepare yourself that you're not going to necessarily be in network with an effective date 30 days. Oh, no. You know. Those days are those no. days are way gone. <laughs> Someday it might be, you know, maybe they get back to it. But uh, we have seen situations where payers were 120 plus days. Yes. Yes. That's what I was hearing is six months, up to six months. Yeah. And, and like, how do you bring on an associate with that? I mean, no associate wants to do hygiene for six months. <laughs> exactly. Waiting for the stuff to, to go through. Yeah. And you don't want to hold claims. And there's so many different, like, weird situations that we see people do. Or, oh, or I mean, you know, the bill under oh, uh, different uh, yes let's just you know. bring that up real quick and then <laughs> um i don't want to monopolize your time but i just love talking this stuff with you the, the one thing that i see a lot is of course let's just bill it under the owner doctor until mm -hmm. they get credentialed and and what that does people just so you know uh, from my point of view what that does is it doubles all of the work or maybe not doubles but it makes you busier makes the provider busier in the eyes of the insurance company. And so all of a sudden their utilization looks weird mm -hmm. and wacky. And what you've just done is really made yourself a target for an audit. And mm -hmm. and it's all, insurance company is all numbers, right? It's all algorithms and all that. The name of the game in insurance is to not be an outlier mm -hmm. as far as audits are concerned. And when you do that, you just made yourself an outlier, right? Yep. So, but. But how does that affect their ability to go and network? Have you ever seen a, an office get shut down because they did that or not really? Uh, I have not seen that. Okay. But I have seen uh, situations where uh, the payers come back for refunds. Nice. Uh, that, that, that does happen. Um, it, it's tough. You know, there, there's a way to do it. You know, like, and if you follow the rules, you, you don't really want to cheat that. There, there's a fraud aspect to that. Mm -hmm. It. it it, though it may not ever catch up, it's like you said, the algorithms are there. There, There's opportunity for, for that situation. You right. don't want to be in a position where you have a demerit on your ability to be credentialed or litigation from possible fraud or right. actually having to financially adjust to a situation where you're getting you know, requests for refunds. Mm -hmm. And you know, we see that even with, uh, you know, because you're, you're talking about a like an out-of-network provider doing... You know, with their hands in the mouth, filing under an owner doctor's, you know, tax ID as if they were doing it. Right. You know, there, there's there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot. It's tricky. <laughs> it's messy. I definitely would. I, and I, we recommend it all the time. Like, if this is the case, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're not here to judge. And we do get into that. Like, mm -hmm. where, you know, we're obviously getting access to practice management systems and pulling production. And we're looking at things and, like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's um, up here? <laughs> we need to fix this right away. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to go run and, and tattle, but right. but you want to get it fixed. And sometimes, you know, it's not even intentional. Like, I've talked to, I actually have a client that we brought on about six months ago that was, that that was the practice, like the, the way they were doing it, because they really? thought that was okay. okay. And 
Uh, let's fix that before it's too late. <laughs> and I'm sure there's like a moment of fear that they mm -hmm. got, like when you said, hey, that's not quite yeah. the way it should happen. Exactly. And you don't, you just don't want that. Um, so so there's a lot of the, the tiers, though, like you were saying, maybe an older doctor is in premier, and not older, veteran doctor is <laughs> in premier, and then the new associate is, they're not going to give him premier. So does the doctor, I know in the, we used to hear horror stories of you can't even, you can't do that anymore. If you want to bring on an associate, you have to drop down. Everybody has to drop down to preferred. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing anything it, with that? There's, so the one thing that's universal truth is that nothing is consistent <laughs> you know, with those type of things. Yes. But we have um, advised uh, practice owners or the, the veteran doctor <laughs> that, you know, they potentially stand to lose Premier. Um, you know, it's not in, you know, Delta's, desire to keep premier from you know? a business I mean, standpoint I mean, absolutely yeah there's yeah. only a couple states where you can join premier anyway without you know without joining ppo as well mm -hmm. and you know and, and in that case you're basically in ppo you know but um a lot of a lot of things don't get considered like premier is usually like a, something of high value to someone and if there's like you're in an acquisition situation or something like that and the tax id is going to change mm -hmm. there you don't always get to keep premier you know that, like that's a good opportunity to have your fee schedules reduced and put onto the the group plans but uh you, you know when it comes to premier there the rules are tricky and there are some situations where you hear the the, the phrase godfathered mm -hmm. or grandfathered i should grandfathered. say godfathered. grandfather godfathered God. sounds a little bit more <laughs> rough <laughs> maybe that was some kind of slip about delta <laughs> being the godfather of the you know, I don't know they create their own weather is what i what i always say I but love the, it. but you know what they yeah they have a lot of patience mm -hmm. you know in their in their program of course yeah but you know the the dental entrepreneur is running a business mm -hmm. you know they're they're doing that for the betterment of their families and their employees families so they have to make the solid decisions on how to participate and how to work with or not with someone like Delta. So, right. you know, that's where the the research really comes in, the due diligence to mm -hmm. understand what plans you should be in and how, you know, do yeah. we do the umbrellas? Do we do the partners? And, you know, it's different. The answer is literally different mm -hmm. for every practice, yeah. even if they're across the street from each other. Absolutely. I, I get emails all the time from attendees um, do you think I should negotiate? I, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. And honestly, at this point, neither do you and neither does your doctor. Yeah. You need to have somebody really dig in. So it, it's just more than making a couple calls. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if anybody really thinks that's all it is now, but it's not. It yeah. really is a whole machine, isn't it? Like you yeah. got you got metrics you got to consider and you got to be yeah. able to come back to the insurance company and saying, hey, but we have this percentage of patients mm -hmm. and you should pay attention to that. There, you know, and, yeah. You know, when you mentioned the algorithms and things like that, you know, part of what we do, you know, with the with the research and, you know, we have a an analytic tool that really that we built for this you know occasion, you know, and, you know, we consider things like what's your, you know, your reimbursement compared to your office fee, compared mm. to the UCR, compared to the allowable in the market. Mm. You know, those are different factors. And, you know, sometimes the, the, the factors that go into deciding PPO fee schedules, yeah. There, there's a lot more to it than it's just like I want a better reimbursement or I, like I deserve it. So give me, you know, <laughs> get, get, call them up, give me more money, and you know, from people who are trained to tell you no. Yeah. So you really have to have that understanding. But what really comes into play is after you know some of that data, you got to really know how your production works. You got to know what your patient mix looks like, right. and then what your competitors look like, and what 
what's even in your market? You know, there's plans that that are expanding into markets that providers don't even know is available. Absolutely, yeah. It changes all the time, and now Medicare Advantage is coming into mm-hmm. play. But the one other thing that I say always take a look at is your office staff. Go up front and really take a good, hard look at your team because if they can't support these decisions, mm-hmm. whether it's out of network or joining more, you're really coming, you're, you're from already at a disadvantage. Sure, sure. So it's, and that's something, that's more of what I deal with. Mm-hmm. You deal more with the analytics, but my goodness, if, if every doctor had a strong treatment presenter, financial oh, coordinator, yes. this, I don't know if we'd be talking about the things that we talk about. Yeah, that's it. So. If, you know, if you understand out-of-network benefits, if you're able to present a case, you know, all those factors really come into play. And I'll tell you, you know, I talk to a lot of doctors mm-hmm. every single day. And when I have that opportunity to actually have like a real open conversation with someone, I, I ask about the staff, yeah. you know, and then I recommend, like, you know, like, like yourself, like go have, invest in your staff to take these classes. You know, I mean, the, you know, there's the insurance, you know, programs, yeah. the, you know, the education, the webinars, the, po- obviously the podcast, podcast. things <laughs> like that. You know, if, if you invest in your staff that way, the better that they understand it, yeah. you know, it just makes your practice run better. Absolutely. But I'll tell you, I mean, my company spends a lot of time and effort. We have a whole department that just tracks down the insurance. Mm. We're, we're the eyes and ears, and and uh, it's hard to keep up with it. And that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, imagine well, if you're, you know, you don't have time to do that. You know, how do you know how to contract? Boy, time is precious in the dental mm-hmm. office for sure. So. Grateful that you and your company do this, and uh, your partner Nick Nick Partridge, who is a, a good friend of mine, and he's just the two of you are great. I always can come to you for answers and stats and something, anything that I need to know <laughs> what's going on. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for taking time to come down on the show floor. I'm yeah, sure you absolutely. were doing other stuff, but I appreciate that you made the time. And uh, how can they get in touch with you? So I think the best way uh, our website is uh, fivelakespro.com. Mm-hmm. There's a contact us. That's probably the best way. Okay. Uh, or email. Probably the easiest email is the sales at fivelakespro.com. Okay. Uh, you'll, you'll reach you'll reach me, and we schedule some time to talk, or you know one of my uh, associates. And yeah, looking forward to talking to people. But I, you know, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to see you again. Yes. Yes. Always. We were at the uh, insurance extravaganza down in Orlando. Yeah. And I know Christine Taxon is planning on doing that again in 2023. February. February, February yeah. yeah. February in Orlando is not a yeah. bad thing. So mark your calendars, <laughs> sign up for my newsletter if you're not sure about the times and dates, and I'll get that information out to you. But thank you so thank much you. again. And dear listeners, as always, I appreciate that you spend your time with me. We're all super busy. So thank you for making time for me today. The show notes will have any links that we referenced in this episode. You can also find links for my book and for my live events and webinar schedule. I speak often around the country on management and insurance issues. Come hang out with me in one of my classes. I promise you'll laugh and learn.